I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on the Chase Thomas podcast, taping this on a Wednesday afternoon. A first timer, Cheesehead TV. You've seen him for years and years because he is one of the best uh, Packers uh, content creators. I guess is what we're going to go with because writing, video, everything, uh, uh, Twitter, all that good stuff. You know him. Aaron Nagler is here. Aaron, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me, Chase. Excited to uh, chat it up with you. I hope you're ready. We're only going to be talking about Jesse Bates and Richie Grant <laughs> uh, in the secondary for the Falcons. Naturally, of course. I mean, that's. I mean, what else will we be talking about? Come I don't on. know. We're bringing dudes out of retirement from the Bears. Like everything's coming up in Atlanta right now. <laughs> um, it's pretty nice. Uh, everyone wants to jump on board. Uh, does that mean? Obviously. Yeah. I mean, who? Look, that's it's that's what you want to do. Um, no, we're going to be talking about the Packers because uh, they've been in the news of late, Aaron. A little bit. A little, a little bit. bit in the news. I want to first ask you: Are you excited? about turning the page once and for all on Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, man. I mean, yes. The short answer is yes. Uh, look, it's not because anybody is uh, ungrateful or unhappy or any of those things when it comes to the time that you know Packers fans have spent for the past 10-plus years watching Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, but it is time. And it has been time. And when you're continually butting your head up against the wall in the playoffs, at some point you reach a point of frustration. And I think we reached that point two years ago. And we've kind of been playing it out since then. And I think most Packers fans, not all Packers fans, of course it's not everybody, but I think most Packers fans are, are ready for that page to turn. And this, of course, the way this is going down with... Aaron's appearance on McAfee and still not having closure on the trade to the Jets. It's perfectly in line with everything else that we've been going through when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and his relationship with the Packers, basically since he dropped that bomb on draft night you know, a couple years ago with Schefter's tweet. It has all kind of been leading to this moment, and of course this moment is going to extend as long as possible, just to twist the knife a little bit more. And here's what's even more fun, that when this trade finally goes through, and Aaron Rodgers is a member of the New York Jets. I do not doubt for a moment that there will be some kind of conditional draft pick associated with the trade, which means Packers fans will still be invested in Aaron Rodgers' play <laughs> on the field while he's in New York. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it's just that we're not it's we're not getting rid of him anytime soon. Like we'll he'll be in another uniform, but mm-hmm. we'll still be invested in his play. Can't wait. <laughs> It's got to be weird, though, right? Because, I mean, me being a Falcons guy, like Matt Ryan exited the building this past year, and we don't have to relitigate why it went unceremoniously um, for Matt Ryan here in Atlanta. But Well, it's kind of crazy why, isn't it? 
It was I mean, crazy what? Uh, 1,000% I mean, crazy. The whole pursuit of Deshaun Watson is kind yes. of insane to me, but I hear you. Right. And... But it was also like Falcons fans saw it. The writing was in the wall. Like we were nearing the end. Like it was. Right. It was getting exactly. to the point where he's holding the ball. He's taking a lot of bad sacks. The talent around him is just not what it was in yeah. 2018, 2017. Like it was. It was time. Much better way to handle it than the the way the Falcons did. Yeah. That being said, you kind of take for granted. Like I'm 31 now, and I was thinking about it last off season where the Falcons have basically had a one year blip of Byron Leftwich and Joey Harrington uh, squished between <laughs> right. my entire like Atlanta Falcons life yep. with Michael Vick brief bleep, like a very brief blip and then Matt Ryan so you've only had stability here and then you have like the Chiefs who were wandering in the wilderness for 30 years until they ended up with Patrick Mahomes y'all are in kind of the same way just in a much better version matt ryan and michael vick is not the same now right, granted right. who didn't love michael vick beating the packers for the first home playoff you know, I'm, loss gonna, I'm gonna raise my hand on that one <laughs> that'd be me but i hear you i hear you it was a it was a momentous occasion the first loss postseason loss in lambeau history i packers. remember where i was watching my family in the den and how big of a deal that was that was wild um one of my big, earliest big game, memories no right there but um all that to say you've had just this unbelievable situation to uh, automatic Hall of Famers and Favre and Aaron Rodgers back to back 30 years of greatness. Do you believe in your heart of hearts that it's realistic to expect them to go three for three and Jordan Love is the next <laughs> right. 10 to 15 year answer? Or do you think there's a possibility the Packers are going to be wandering the wilderness and Packer fans need to be prepared to kind of just be not the where the bears lives. are i don't want to see the right. bears are no no i hear you yeah. but it's that's now in play and that has not oh, been no in play question. In no question your, your adult life man is that not weird to think about well yeah i'm much older than you are sir so uh, my adult life you're correct I've that's what i'm saying i, I went adult but, life there yeah but you know this was all formed the, the the fire was forged when i was a young man and i watched guys like randy wright and david mm. whitehurst you know so i've been in the wilderness i know mm. and i remember but I will say, yeah, is that in play? Sure. Is the Are the odds incredibly long that Jordan is another great? Yeah, of course, those odds mm. are insanely long, right? But look, unlike a lot of the teams that have wandered the wilderness, so to speak, the Packers have planned. The mm. whole selection of Jordan Love is an outlier against how most teams operate, right? They did it when they drafted Aaron. And they did it when they drafted Jordan. And that's not to say that Jordan's going to come in and be Aaron or anywhere near as good as he as he is. However, just the fact that they have planned for this moment, for the idea of turning the page from their superstar Hall of Fame quarterback, in kind of direct opposition to how a lot of other teams handle it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to look much further than New Orleans. And they're continuously bringing back Drew Brees, altering his contract. I mean, to the point where that last season, his arm was barely attached to his body. You know, mm-hmm. he could barely push the ball downfield. The Packers have not gone that route, despite a lot of calls to do so. I mean, there is certainly a vocal section of the fan base that would happily ride Aaron Rodgers into his 40s and regardless of all the frustrations in the playoffs, just keep bringing him back. The Packers clearly are ready to make a move a little bit earlier than some people would probably suppose. And I don't think Jordan Love needs to be great for them to play winning football, especially mm. in the system that they run. You know, McVay took Garopp or McVay took Goff to a Super Bowl. Mm. You know, Shanahan took Garoppolo to a Super Bowl. And you know, I'm not saying that that automatically means that Lafleur is going to do the same with Jordan Love. However, you can see how the system helps the quarterback, and you can see how you can be productive in the system with a guy with a lot of upside, 
and a lot of talent. And look, Jordan's still really young. Mm. Like he's still on par with some of the guys who are going to be drafted this year, age-wise. So, yeah, is it a big change? No doubt. Is the possibility of the Packers entering the quarterback wilderness a very real thing? Absolutely. But I think the Packers have put the young man in a pretty good position. They've developed him for the last three years. He's gotten better every single year. I'm excited. I'm excited for the possibilities with Jordan Love and what the offense might look like going forward. What's the biggest case for optimism that the Packers rebound last year was a blip and they won the NFC North next right. year? Uh, well, you know, a lot of their guys internally got to play better. I mean, mm. I don't think there's any doubt. And of course, the big kind of looming question is, can Joe Barry get the defense playing consistently? Mm. And I think part of it Why is... Why was on, he brought back? Well, because Matt wants to... Matt LaFleur wants to kind of engender a whole lot more kind of continuity on his staff. Hmm. He's had turnover pretty much every year that he's been in town. Now, some of that is guys going on and getting new gigs. Some of that has mm-hmm. been moving on from, you know, <laughs> a few disappointing def- uh, uh, special teams coordinators. But, you know, I think at some point you reach a point as a coach where you're like, I can't keep firing people every year. Mm-hmm. And I think Matt did think there are certainly green shoots when you look at the defense. I mean, look at their performance against Minnesota in Lambeau Field. There's a, 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 a number of other games. Funnily enough, there are two games against Detroit, a mm. team that scored 30 points on basically everybody except for the Packers, who held them down both games. It's like there are green shoots there that you can point to if you are Matt LaFleur and say, okay, I can see there's a way forward here. They just have to be more consistent. And to that point, how I began the answer to this question, their guys internally have to play better. You saw mm. way too many people take either steps back or not reach their potential starting Eric Stokes had a great rookie year, mm. really disappointing second season prior to getting hurt. Uh, they they gave big money to Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. Both of them started on shaky ground as far as their play week in and week out. Both got better as the year went on. But these are two kind of you know big components that you gave decent-sized contracts to who you expected a lot more out of. So I think more than anything, yeah, can they contend for the division title? No question about it in my mind. But they have got to get better and more consistent play internally. And yes, they're going to bring guys in through the draft. Maybe they sign a few free agents, although that's going to be tough given their cap situation. But man, all of that depends on development from within. Guys who were rookies last year, they had a very promising rookie class, getting better and improving and developing. Year one to year two jumps are a very real thing. But more than anything else, they need to get better, more consistent play from their stalwarts, from their guys that they have on hand and that they're counting on. The biggest reason they won't bounce back and win the NFC North next year is what? A lack of development and mm. the uh, the lack of ability to bring in kind of reinforcements, right? I mean, mm. here's what's here's the trick, right? They're going to trade Aaron, and when they do, there's a pretty significant cap hit that comes with that. Now, mm. I know there's been a lot of talk about the potential of maybe this lasts past the draft, and they then can wait until after June 1st to make the trade, which kind of breaks up that cap hit. But Did I they don't do that. I don't think that's a realistic scenario. When do you think it is? I think it gets done before the draft, like probably the week before the draft is my guess, but that's all that is, is a guess. Mm. What Um, do you think the actual details are? What do you think it actually is? I suspect the Packers will end up getting a second and a a second this year Mm. and a conditional pick next year that depends on how Rodgers plays, if he Mm. comes back, that could potentially turn into a first-round pick. That's where, that's again, total guesswork. But and it keeps that's Packer fans watching Jets games all these seasons. Oh, Lord, can you believe it? And hey, maybe they'll get to the playoffs and he can let Packers fans down one last time. <laughs> but I digress. 
But yeah, no, I think, you know, the big question is once that happens, they make this trade, they are they become pretty, you know, cap strapped mm-hmm. as far as their ability to bring in help from the outside for their new quarterback, their new young guy who's going to be running this offense. And it's not like they can swing big for the fences at wide receiver. Mm. Maybe they can bring in like a Monroe on a tight end or something like that. But I think most of the additions are going to be through the draft. Mm. And it's, you know, the the likelihood of someone coming in and like lighting it up the moment he hits the fields, like say Christian Watson did that Sunday night against Dallas, you know, mm. that, those, those happen few and far between. So, I do think, you know, that's kind of the fear, right? That that could be that type of season where you just didn't have a, a whole lot as far as an ability to kind of augment your roster just because of the position you're in due to trading Aaron Rodgers, due to the contract you gave Rodgers, and a lack of development and improvement from within because they're going to be counting on that big time. Where do you think they target in the draft? What positions do you think they target early and often? Yeah, I mean, we've heard a lot about how the tight end class is really deep and talented. I do not doubt for a moment that this is a year where they will probably draft one, if not two. Hmm. But I don't think – I've seen a lot of mocks with them, you know, having the Packers take a tight end at 15. Hmm. That would surprise me. Uh, traditionally, they have a set of what they consider their premium positions, right, whether hmm. it's offensive tackle. Uh, we know wide receiver isn't one of them because of all the headlines we've read about not taking a wide receiver in the first round. But you're thin there. Aaron's uh, entire kind of thing. Yeah, no, they are. They need bodies. There's Mm -hmm. no doubt about it. You've had like five guys signed right now, right? Like it's something really small. And three of those were actually on the field last year. You know, (laughs) one one that I Mm -hmm. think uh, Melton, they picked up off the practice Mm -hmm. squad from Seattle last year. You know, Speedster, they like him, obviously, but it's not like he has any NFL experience. So that's why Mm -hmm. they will undoubtedly be looking around the bargain bin at, at, you know, a couple weeks more into free agency. Um, You know, Sammy Watkins to Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I think they'll probably look uh, again. I'll be surprised if they take a wide receiver in round one. But that doesn't Hmm. mean they can't find somebody on day two that can help them. Would Packers fans be mad if they did that? Which? If If they they go wide out at 15. I think it'd be hilarious. I mean, just because (laughs) of the fact that they, you know, it has become such a narrative. And then Mm -hmm. for them to turn around and do it the first year Aaron's out the door. I mean, some men just want to watch the world burn. I am Mm -hmm. one of those men. It would be fun. But no, I think Packers fans, they're certainly a vocal minority that would be upset. They would be Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is literally just Brian trying to rub So what's the position that they would be most happy about them going at 15? Based on your read, that's a good question. I, I, anything other than defense at hmm. this point, seriously, just because there's been so much poured in, uh, you know, asset wise, whether it's draft yeah. picks, free agency, you know, re signing, so much has been spent on the defensive side of the ball for so many years. I think Packers fans just want, well, they really want a skill position player. So, hmm. so wide receiver, tight end, what have you, maybe a running back, although I can't see that at 15. But yeah, I suspect. Most people are probably expecting an offensive tackle, um, mm. maybe a safety, just because they can't help themselves and they, they <laughs> definitely need help at the position. And it's not like a, this class is very deep. Uh, so you probably have to get, grab one early if you're looking yeah. to augment there. So, yeah, I think most Packers fans would probably be elated if they did take a wide receiver. I just, I'll be surprised if they do. I mean, last year I heard so much about they got to do it. This is the year mm. they have to do it. And at Cheesehead TV and a couple other places, we kept saying, like, I'm not going to be surprised if they don't touch wide receiver until mm-hmm. day two. And that turned out to be the case. So They got a good player there. They did. They did. And what's funny is they got Christian Watson, and they tried to get him on day one. Mm-hmm. They tried to trade with the Vikings for the final pick in the first round. 
and the Vikings didn't want to give him that fifth year option. So, but they ended mm-hmm. up getting him anyway. I'm curious. I mean, then you have the Quay Walker stuff. Are they just like, hey, we are? Is everyone just out on Quay after what happened? No, no, no. Not people at all. are back in. Not okay. I think you know there was definitely disappointment. Mm-hmm. There's you know certainly a learning moment there for the young man. But I think most Packers, not all. Again, can't paint paint with a wide brush. But I think most people understand. You know, he he did definitely get caught up. Definitely got let his emotions get the better of him, and it's certainly something that you would hope the young man has thought about throughout the off season and. Going to work on you don't just see that being in a often. better headspace, man. I mean, yeah. I can't remember. I don't think I've ever seen, and I've 49 years on this planet, been watching mm. football since I was three. I don't think I've ever seen a dude thrown out of two NFL games in one season, yeah. ever in my life. So, and it's not like it, they were insanely violent hits or anything. It's no. not like he was at, at, like incredibly malicious with something. Like I don't like I don't think the guy's a bad dude. Yeah, but he made some really dumb mistakes for sure. Um, here's the watch the world burn one for you. <laughs> what if they took a quarterback at 15? I'm I I'm gonna tell you I w- it wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be a bit surprised just because I do think they're sold on Jordan. I think they love Jordan. But that said, I do think they're gonna take a quarterback in this draft class. Um, yeah. If for no other reason, then I can't imagine with the precious few caps dollars they have at their disposal. I don't think they want to utilize those on some veteran backup for a guy who essentially you're hoping sits on the sideline all year. Most they likely, feel like a Jake Hayner team to me. Possible, possible. Um, I you know, it's funny. I I wouldn't be surprised if Brian went the same route Ted did the first yeah. year that Aaron was a starter. They took two quarterbacks. Mm. You know, they took Brom in the second and Matt Flynn in the seventh, and Flynn ended ended up winning out. But I think that's probably the way they go. And it makes a world of sense, given that you are Mm -hmm. kind of starting anew. You're going to probably have a very different way of working on offense as far as the construction of the offense, what the quarterback is being asked to do. And so why not get a couple young guys to keep developing behind Jordan? Hopefully, eventually you flip one. I mean, Mm -hmm. that'd be great. I mean, we saw Ron Wolf do that throughout Favre's tenure. But, yeah, I just don't think a a veteran backup makes a world of sense, but you need a backup, right? So why not draft one? It's also, I feel like that's a kind of appetizing spot if you're a backup, like you're a veteran backup, because it's like, are you like, are you certain that Jordan? Love? It's kind of like yeah. the Niner situation yes. a year ago, where it's right. like, yeah, Jimmy, you're like, oh man, this kind of sucks. I'm like, does it really suck for Jimmy though? Yeah. Are you sure? Like Trey Lance, are we like dead certain that that's going to be a thing? And I think yeah. that's the same thing with Jordan. Is like, if you're a pretty solid vet and you think, I mean, there's, that's just one of those where you can the, see yourself on the field. There's an opportunity. Yeah, there's yeah. a potential for an opportunity there. There's no question about it. Because look, I mean. Who knows? Jordan has looked better every year he stepped on the football field. But, man, it's all different once you're the starter. Yeah. Once you got teams, you know, in the lab trying to draw up ways to take advantage of your weaknesses week after week after week, it's not, you know, not everybody rises to that occasion. Not everybody kind of overcomes that. And we'll see with Jordan. No doubt about it. Last thing for you. Something I wonder about with teams where it's like, are you sure? Like, something I, I feel like Jags fans have to worry about. It's like, oh, man, we got the guy, Trevor Lawrence. He's capital H him. Right, Trent Baalke still running that that organization right now, and you're like, that's a fact I had forgotten until I saw him on NFL Network during the combine, and I was yeah. like, oh, that's right. Like Man. he's running the Jags, so you're like, this is a positive, but you're also like, are we are we sure we want him <laughs> are we rebuilding sure and, in the right direction? <laughs> yeah, are we sure outside of Lawrence? <laughs> right. And then if you're the Packers, because like there's always been the, <laughs> I love them for so many different reasons. One of which is like I still don't know who's like 
who who are you talking to when you really want answers for the Packers? And you're like, right. who are we really going to? Is it Murphy? Is it Kuhnkens? Like, mm-hmm. we've never seen them do a full rebuild before. Like, this right. is a totally different scenario. Ted Thompson's not in the building anymore. Like, I, I'm curious, is he, has he shown enough to this point, both through the draft and through free agency, through the way he approaches trades, that, like, if Jordan doesn't work out and Jordan's just bad, and it's like, okay, we're just bad. The Lions go 13-4. and four. Right. They're the the kings of the NFC North now. Justin Fields pops, and he looks like a top seven, top five quarterback next year. And you're like, all right, well. And suddenly the tables have turned, right? Right. Yeah. And he's now in charge of a rebuild. Has he shown enough that you're like, yeah, I think he can navigate us, and he's the right guy to get us through a rebuild? Yeah, it's interesting. I know there's been a lot of talk about Brian and his ability as a general manager after uh, Pat McAfee popped off uh, on his show about mm. Brian a couple days ago. I will say this. You know, it's funny you mentioned Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst and the power structure, right? Because mm. things did change when Brian was given this job because Brian interviewed for Ted's job mm. and then was hired for a very different position <laughs> as far as Mark putting himself at the top of the football operations. Now, mm the general manager, coach, and the cap guy all answered to him. So when it comes to the construction of the roster, that is Brian, 100% mm. Brian. But when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, that is all of them. Mm. And that's what I think a lot of people on the outside maybe aren't aware of or what have you, or why is Mark Murphy talking, blah, blah, blah. Well, Mark is the head of football, and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and the face mm. of your franchise, and of course he's involved in that decision. The other decision that you got to talk about here is, is the decision Mark made when he gave all three of those guys contract extensions last year. Mm. And Brian, Matt, and Russ Ball, the contract guru, they're all under contract for five years. Now, they've had their first year, and that was obviously a disappointment in the 8-9 finish, don't make the playoffs. But you got to think, a lot of that kind of faith and the idea of giving them those contracts was about, okay, we know at some point, probably next year, we're going to turn this page and that it is going to be Jordan's team, and these are the guys I want leading this team. Mark Murphy, by the bylaws of the Packers, has to retire in two years. I don't see a scenario. Yes, even Wait, if... Wait, what do you mean by the bylaws? What, what is that? Is that uh, yeah, a lot of people don't know this. The, I have this no is idea. This is fascinating. You know, as the only publicly owned team, they have a lot uh-huh. of kind of intricate, like very unique uh, avenues and things and rules, like the stock sale and things like that. Uh-huh. One of the things in the bylaws of the Packers is that the president and CEO has to retire at the age of 70. And that's two years away from Mark Murphy. So really? he has signed them to five-year contract extensions, now four years remaining. He has to retire in two years. And I can't imagine a scenario outside of like a complete bottoming out where mm. they win three or four games, right? Where there's any serious talk about moving on from Brian and Matt and Russ. Now, mm. Could it happen? Sure. And I think context is big here as far as, okay, say they start slow, but man, by the end of the season, they're the proverbial team no one wants to face. Well, then obviously things are headed in the right direction, right? Or at Mm. least they would seem to be. If they start gangbusters and they come out and Jordan Love looks awesome, but then teams start to figure them out and they fall apart and they miss the playoffs again, then I think rumblings begin. But Mm. again, the, the person who would have to pull that trigger would be Mark Murphy, and then he'd be a year away from retirement. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, there's a long way of answering your question, but I think given that context, you know, again, I, do, I think Brian is a good general manager. I think the entire kind of fulcrum of his legacy hinges on Jordan Love. I don't think there's hmm. any question there. But yeah, as far as like building a roster, 
getting the right pieces. Yes, I think Brian can do everything necessary. But none of that is going to matter if Jordan stinks out loud. You know what I mean? If they have to move on, if something happens and they've got to find another quarterback, is the next president and CEO going to have that faith in Brian? Do you already know who it's going to be? Is already like Um, I know the the, yeah the internal kind of odds-on favorite is Ed Policy, Mm. Um, Carmen Policy's son. He's ran the Arena Football League for a long for a number of years. Uh, He's been in Green Bay now for a long time, Hmm. and he when Mark kind of started the thing where he broke up the power structure and put himself on top of football. Ed really took over a lot of the business side, a lot Mm. of the things with Titletown, the development there. And, you know, he's kind of been in the pipeline, so to speak, as the next guy. Now, that's not a given. There's still a process they're going to go through, but that is most likely the next president and CEO. Ed versus Kevin Warren, steel cage match. Who says no? (laughs) Phenomenal. Well done. Who says now? Aaron, what can the go back check out from you over at Cheesehead TV this week? Uh, we're doing our live chats each and every day on the YouTube channel at 5 p.m. Eastern. Chat with Packers fans worldwide each and every day. Uh, it's always lively, but this uh, this Rodgers-Jets scenario has made it even more so. It's a, it's a good time. We get lots of folks chiming in from other fan bases, so uh, all are welcome. It's a good time every day. There you go. Go check it out today. Where's the most amount? Where are the most Packer fans outside the United States that you found? Oh man, what country? Well, I, by our metrics, we get a lot from Germany, huh. um, and I know NFL football in general does well in Germany. I yeah. will say, when the Packers played in London this past season, we had a meetup uh, mm-hmm. in Soho in London. And did you go? It, oh yeah, we we yeah. like she said TV. We had a meetup, and oh. I was at, we were absolutely blown away by the turnout like we mm. had a couple like 200 people show up at this corner pub because i mm. like was like oh we'll just go to my favorite pub whatever and we turned the corner and there were people literally like four deep out the out the door like there for us and they were from huh. li- literally all over the world it was absolutely incredible so that's awesome i mean you talk about you know packers fans and the worldwide fan base it is very real there are packers fans everywhere I love that. Uh, Aaron Nagler, thank you so much. And uh, we'll have to get you back on again soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, man. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. And I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm-hmm. you're, um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.